You're tuned in to the Curated by Podcast. Yeah, welcome to the Curated by Podcast. This is number 15 already. My name is Martin. I'm your host for today. And uh, today's guest I'm really excited about. Um, he's the headliner of, uh, of the Shogun Audio label night we are hosting on the 9th of December in Melkweg, Amsterdam. And I'm delighted to, buy, uh, to be joined by a good friend of mine. He's one of Shogun Audio's uh, current biggest talents. And having released instant classics such as Out of Time and Never Too Old, which have garnered millions of streams, I think you can safely say he's made his mark in the scene. I'm sure you've already read it in the title of this episode, but I'm of course talking about none other than Monroe. Eli, welcome to the podcast, man. <laughs> Hello, mate. Thank you for having yeah. me. Hope you're yeah, well. It's good you. to have you, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well. How's life been treating you? Yeah, dude. Busy, busy, but good. Uh, yeah, yeah, just trying to stay level, I think. And mm-hmm. for the best. Um, how about well, yourself? Yeah, I'm doing well. Busy as well. Uh, end of the year is approaching, so uh, day job is busy. And um, yeah, for the rest, all my free time goes into music. You know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> but even like, yeah. you've got such a legit job as well. So it blows my head out. You've yep. got time to do anything. <laughs> so, Same. Same. Full respect. There's not enough hours in a day for me, man. And it. <laughs> It blows my mind, dude, genuinely. Yeah. Um, yeah, are you ready for this? I yeah. mean, uh, yeah. we've been building up to this podcast for a while now, so yeah, here we are. I'm not the um, most best media trained, but I'll see how we get on. <laughs> I mean, we'll be fine. <laughs> so before we get into the thick of it, um, I'd like to ask, uh, start off by asking you uh, some quick fire questions. Um, these you have to answer with the first thing that pops up in your mind. Feel free to elaborate for as long as you like, but um, <laughs> answer as quickly as you can. Yeah, man, I'll see how okay. go. Yeah, are you ready? Yeah, man, hit me. I'll um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully my mind can keep up. I'm running pretty sure, slow, but <laughs> not not in a rush. <laughs> so, what's the the weirdest thing that had have had hap- has ever happened to you during a set? Oh man, oh no, <laughs> I actually don't know. I definitely had some like <laughs> interesting ones. But ah, oh, there was like one quite early on. Like I think around the time I was still doing like little shows, like back in Chelt before I'd start like breaking out. I think, and it was I was back when I was in clubs with like a controller, so I had like my laptop mm. and shit with me. And there was this girl. She was she popped up like you usually do in a club where you're just requesting a tune. Totally unrelated to anything drum and bass. No idea what she wanted. It was one of those things. It was like, just let me let me go on YouTube. I'm like, That's, it ain't gonna work. I don't know how this is gonna work. And I'm like, nothing's nothing's gonna work here. And she just did not get it. And I was I was trying to be so like, <laughs> so patient with her and like, mm. was, I was trying to be like, look, I don't know how it's gonna work. Just just allow it. I think. And she was just like, no, no, no. I need this tune. I need to do a balloon to this tune. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Just do your balloon and I don't know, be happy with it. And then fly about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just fly about. And <laughs> didn't see her for about 10 minutes and came pulling back in, just like mid balloon, I think. Just got like, grabbed the laptop, ripped everything out. Oh, really? went everywhere. The laptop was gone. I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> Well, that's just my God. That's everything, God. And Jesus yeah. Christ. And yeah, she stacked it. Laptop went, and 
yeah, screen broke, and that was the end of that. <laughs> My God. Good time, though. Good you time. don't have that happen every day. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so what is, uh, what is the longest that it has ever taken you to finish a track? Oh, man. Uh, I think a couple of years, to be honest. A couple of years? Yeah, genuinely. I think, funnily enough, I think Out of Time was one of them. It's, mm -hmm. it's really dumb because I had it as an instrumental for like a good fucking couple of years. And I was playing it out literally just as a tune from like transitioning. The original version was like more of a deeper liquid burst drop. Like as it is in the tune and the second like the second drop was a lot harder and just mm -hmm. kind of went more minimal and it, for me it was like a transition tune and for like going from liquid to kind of tech that kind of vibe and didn't have the vocal or anything like that and it's only when I think Pete at Shogun or Kier at Shogun got in touch with Zara and then we put a vocal on it and then they were like oh we actually want this tune and I was like oh, okay cool <laughs> And that's great. And that was like a good couple of years in the making, I think, basically. So it's technically not working on it, but I suppose from yeah, going from when the tune was actually made to it being finished, it was a good couple of years. But not, kind wow. of kind of what that's yeah, kind of but not. But Yeah, but still, I mean shows that that you can sit on the tune for a long time and have it still have it do well. I mean, you see how many streams it's uh, it's it's gotten over the time that <laughs> since it's been released. So, yeah. What's the what's the shortest time that it has ever taken you to finish a tune? Oh man, I think I'm naturally such a long head when it comes to anything. So like mm. with tunes, I'll I usually get I'll probably get. 80% of it done, I can sometimes do in like a day or like a couple of days. And then I usually long out the rest and it'll be like a couple months and then I'll finally finish it. Just mm. while I'm like testing it kind of in clubs and stuff. Get it to like a playable level, I suppose. But yeah. There's the odd tune where I've made where it's it's literally just a break and a, a subline. And it's mainly just like a filler tune and stuff like that. Yeah. And, like a tune like that would be like a day to kind of thing if I'm feeling super lazy and I know it's it's not going to go out kind of thing it's more just a mix tool but yeah 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 but yeah I don't know the thing totally depends on what kind of tune it is and how what I think I'm going to do with it I suppose mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry but I don't know if that answers the question but yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> um, so, if you if you hadn't uh, walked the musical path, what would have, what would your occupation have been? Oh, dude, it could have gone two ways: either crack ass, or <laughs> or probably still working with flowers, man. And okay, yeah, doing hopefully still doing florist floristry in some kind of way. <laughs> I'd hope, but so you would have uh, had your own uh, flower shop. I don't know. That's too much pressure. <laughs> I just want to be there in the background, trying to make stuff look pretty. I suppose, but cool, yeah, but yeah. Probably so, that, what's man. the the best back to back you've ever had? Oh man, quite a rare one. Like me and back to backs can go either way, man. Like 
I'm always quite like um, timid about them. Mm. But I mean, we should we still sh- have to do one. I know. What's that about? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, if I, I, dude, I'd fucking love to, but it's also the. I just know you're going to show me up, so it's like yeah. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah, I mean, I've seen you kill four decks. Uh, I can't do that, so uh, I'll be just. Uh, I can't wait. You it's not. It's not can. my. Uh, uh, maybe if I try hard enough. <laughs> Alright, you you'd outmix me any day. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be, it'd be a competition. And then I'm panic. What's the the best back to bed you've um, had? I think we had we had a good one in um this summer. I think uh hospitality. It was like mm-hmm. um it was like the sh- like whole Shogun crew. I think there was was it Galaxy. Harlan Bryson and me and then Ollie and Emily on the mic so it was cool it was a lot going on because <laughs> it was like two 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 duos and then me so I was kind of just kind of waiting for the rotation it was like a good 20 minutes I think before everyone kind of got on the decks and it was like it was it was a load of fun though like once you kind of got rolling and yeah, we were just kind of—I don't know—everyone was just together, innit? And was it was it one of those boat boat parties? No, I think this was um back in London. It was like the in the in the woods, I think. Oh, I thought you meant uh, hospitality on the beach. No, sorry, I, I misunderstood you. Yeah. Oh, no, it's all good, man. I think we did have one on mm. the beach as well, and that, that was good fun. But yeah, I can't remember a lot of the beach. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> It's all a blur. Yeah, man, definitely, <laughs> definitely. After the set was done, I was like, right, game on. <laughs> Time to kick back, relax. And, uh, yeah, man. Screw my head off. <laughs> basically, basically. <laughs> Lose a couple brain cells okay. on the way. What's the best club in the world according to you? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Oh, it's, it's kind of a it's a weird one. I think, yeah, I think for me at the moment, I need to go back because it's been a while since we've been over there. But like Hyde in New Zealand mm-hmm. is so good. <laughs> like as a as a club and just as a vibe there, it's kind of like the perfect capacity where it's like a good intimate vibe, but not like too small where you're kind of tripping over people kind of thing there's room and it's it's just got a wicked sound system and it's yeah man there's something special about it 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 reminds me of like being back in clubs a couple years or like Jesus like seven odd years ago kind of thing where Mm -hmm. I don't know like clubs felt a little bit more like connected to the dance floor and uh yeah the whole kind of what Raven should be about kind of thing. It kind of reminded me more about that. Um, but yeah, there's so, there's so many good clubs though, but like... I mean, yeah, of course. But it's hard to pick one. Yeah, man, for sure. What about you? Is there any for you that like, pops up? Um, to think about this. <laughs> it's a, it's you a know, I'm a bit I'm, I'm, I'm a bit biased as a promoter, of course. Uh, <laughs> I... Uh, I really like Mez in Breda, where you played in March. Oh, mate! 
<laughs> That's actually sick to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, it's got one of the best sound systems I know. So, mm. and it's not too big. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of intimate clubs. Oh, dude, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's one of the better ones for sure. Yeah, man. That's the way it has a linkage um, out. <laughs> yeah. And home. Uh, what's your What's your uh, favorite UK dish? Oh no. <laughs> UK <laughs> as in strictly UK or? Yeah, mate. Oh, dude, UK cuisine is the shittiest thing out there. I know. I know. It's just all stodge. Um, I don't know. <laughs> and being like a veggie. There is like, it's just potatoes. That's all we've got. I think. Beef fritters. Beef fritters. <laughs> 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 they just taste. Oh, dude, they just. It just tastes like water. It's nothing to it. Mm. I don't know what it is with Brits, man. They just, just no taste. <laughs> yeah, they had a, we've got the same in the Netherlands, but. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh man. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> can be desserts as well. Oh, okay, okay. That could change things. I could bang like a trifle. I don't know if that counts as a British dish. I mean, yeah, it's pretty British, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah tri trifle is alright. It's alright. Cool. Yeah. So, um, on another note, what has been the biggest screw up during your career? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking whole career or like in? I would say musical. Musical. Mm. Can be anything. Poor. I don't know. I've definitely had some stinkers. <laughs> but... Oh fuck. Hmm. Hmm. Dude. <laughs> whole career did you have a set with many clangers in it oh dude I've had multiple sets with many clangers <laughs> that's where my head's at is thinking there but I'm like yeah oh, to be fair it's the first thing that comes to head or comes to mind then it's so... all yeah oh mate what was it I, must, I, I know there's like a set out there that I've absolutely butchered <laughs> oh, there must be oh, to be fair I think it must have been quite early on again. Maybe, it's not even that early on, but maybe about five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. It was like, I think it was when I was still doing like my own bookings and stuff, like before I was with any agents or anything like that. And it was, I ended up playing like a stupidly heavy jump up night and didn't quite realize what I was in for. I didn't before. And to kind of compensate, I just got absolutely smashed before going on and just ended up, it literally, I started trying to bring stuff down and just play some rollers, a bit of liquid, and I was like, yeah, this thing ain't working. And just, just drew for all the jump up I could. And it'd been a while since I'd mixed anything like that. So it was kind of knowing the structure of the tunes and stuff just completely went for me. And being pickled the way I was, I was like, this ain't gonna work. And just, <laughs> it was all clanging. Everything was either clanging out of key or like off a beat that you're getting like the dunk, da -da -dunk da -da. I was like, oh no. <laughs> and Aye. yeah, just walked off, walked out, and I was like, yeah, cool, I'm done. 
time to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so on the on the other side of the coin, what's been the best set you've played? Ooh. What's the one set that you're most proud of? I don't know, because I'll always walk off set no matter what, being like, oh fuck that. Like Could be better. <laughs> yeah, dude, always. Like every set. It's the perfectionist in you speaking. Yeah, man. I think it's the same for like any anybody that mixes or any kind of artist. It's always mm. trying to find something to improve upon, isn't it? And it's like going in with kind of an expectation of oh like, oh this tune's gonna slap and then you play it and kills the dance floor instantly, you're like well, I misread that completely. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, it'll be like one minute of the, like a whole hour set or whatever, and it'll be like, well, that's just ruined everything. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I think, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, man. I was going to say, like, for you, you must have like similar things and coming off. There's always room for improvement, you know? Yeah, man. Big time. Yeah. So, um, yeah. well, who, who, or what is your biggest inspiration outside of music? Outside of music, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I generally don't know because, like, it's almost got to the point now. I think where I've been doing music like full time, it's mm-hmm. the lines got really blurry of what's like involved in music and what's not. So it's like. Most people I like meet or speak with, it's music related in some way. Yeah, and it's, yeah it's a weird one. But could be anything, right? You, like uh, going out for walks in nature, watching movie, that kind of stuff. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think of that. that's the problem. My mind just instantly goes to like, oh yeah, music. <laughs> Fuck! I was such a caveman, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! But yeah. Opening your blinds for for once, you know, <laughs> it could be insp- inspirational, you know. <laughs> Getting like a skin marker, sun just coming in, being like, oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh fuck, man. Yeah, to be fair, that yeah, just going out, being involved in nature is always something pretty, mm. pretty special, man. Just like finding that escapism I suppose and that's probably something yeah. I need to try and do a bit more <laughs> so I can't think of anything inspiring outside um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, yeah fair. That's, that's it definitely yeah for sure nature can be very inspiring man yeah man 100% yeah. just taking it in I suppose and being, mm. a, being a part of it and yeah because I know you're a massive fan as well being outdoors definitely mate yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, what's uh, what's your dream collab? <sighs> oh. <laughs> oh man. Oh, to be fair, I was I was kind of thinking about this the other day. I can't remember why, but I oh, it's been on my list. I think um mm-hmm. slowly been trying to make it happen, but I don't know how realistic it would be. But. I would love to work with like F Gibbons from Portishead. Oh, cool! Like, yeah, there's always, always been something so like super special about her voice, man. And like Portishead, well, just what they did with like the trip hop movement was sick. And yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, dude, sure. I was thinking about that as well. I was like, oh yeah. shit, yeah, that's. <laughs> 
<laughs> Spoiler kind of. <laughs> but yeah, yeah dude, she's up there. Too. She's up there for sure, man. Beth Gibbons, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Man. Okay, you have to choose. Mm. London or Bristol? <laughs> right. Oh, I'm going to get some hate for this. <laughs> In some kind of way, I think. Because I think if I was asked that same question a couple years back, Bristol any day, hands down. Yeah. No matter what. But the, I don't know what it is. Bristol... Crystal's vibes kind of changed me as a mm-hmm. as a whole. Like the scenes, kind of I don't know, not lost energy or passion, but there's just there's something different. And it could just me being getting older and turning into like mm-hmm. a proper miserable git. But like I don't know. I think London at the moment there's a lot more innovation within yeah. like lineups and what's going on like genre wise is like a m- lot more multi-genre like uh, nights going on and bringing drum and bass together with like 140 and grime like those kind of flavors and garage as well making a big kind of comeback and it's i don't know i just feel like london's a little bit i don't know just moving it's more ahead. vibrant. Yeah, man. It's just it feels a bit more alive. It feels a bit more. I don't know. They're thinking of different things to be doing with it. Whereas, mm. as much as I love Bristol and I'm like a Southwest bumpkin boy, I can't I can't badmouth Bristol. But yeah, it just feels like they're not like stuck. It's just like yeah, they're just they're just doing the same thing they're doing kind of thing. It's not a bad thing it's just yeah yeah mm. yeah but going off of that um according to you who's the biggest talent in drum and bass at the moment <laughs> <laughs> who have you who have you been eyeing oh, who, man. whose tunes have you been playing a lot lately oh dude i've been rinsing a lot of um like dan fred okay um, I've, not, I've not heard of him. W- wicked man, like um, Bristol based as well. He's um, released. It. He had like an integral EP earlier this year, I think. Okay. Um, what else he had recently? He's been sending me a load of stuff though, and he's honestly like, he, he makes some wicked deeper stuff, like on the liquid end of it, and then can make some mm-hmm. super kind of hard steppers and rollers kind of thing, and it's. Yeah, man, I can see him doing some wicked stuff. I think he, I think he's got some stuff coming out with Gemini, Gemini, that kind of stuff. That oh, really? Around. So amazing. Yeah, man, it'd be cool to see up. what he's uh, what he's cooking up and where he's kind of going. Yeah. But yeah, shouts to Dan, man. He's a wicked dude. <laughs> um, one last question. Yeah. Getting back into it. Drum and bass or jungle? Phew. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get a load of heat for all this (laughs) again for Jungle, man. In in the end, it's just opinions. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, my Jungle for me, I mean, it's just... Like, I I, I love drum and bass. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, for me, there's just... 
there's always a special place for dongle um but yeah what about you man that's that's always like a that's an interesting it is isn't it yeah it depends on the day for me (laughs) i've to be fair i think that's the same for me oh that's such an amicable answer that was such a good idea (laughs) yeah I mean, I, I do love drums. I prefer drums over bass when it comes to, to that. Yeah, man. I can do more with drums, in my opinion. And um, yeah, that in that case, I like jungle, but also a good rolling drum and bass tune. Mm. Yeah, you can wake me up for that, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Any time of day, I'm but, ready. Wait. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, cool. Jungle it is, then. Thanks, uh, <laughs> thanks for the answers. No, nah, man, thank you. And, uh, before we dive into the tracks that you've selected for this podcast, I would like to ask you some other questions about you yeah, yeah, cool, as man. an artist. Yeah, yeah. So how, how did your journey in drum and bass start? Do you come from a musical set, uh, fam, uh, family? Nah, no, not at all. Not in the sense that people play music, like instruments mm-hmm. or anything like that. It was more like my f- I came from like a house where there was always music on. Like people were always yeah. listening to music, but there was never like nobody like actively playing music. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where the kind of thought was to get into production or like making music kind of thing. It was. I, don't, I generally don't know where it came from. <laughs> I think. <laughs> fuck! It must have been. I think it was. It would have been around the time where I was in school for a lot of people. It would have been like a similar kind of story where you end up like. So I started playing about guitar originally. Just I'm not. I'm not sure why. Probably to try and get some kind of cool factor because I was just such a little. Just. I don't know, such a little virgin in school, do you know what I mean? It was just, <laughs> had nothing going for me. So I was like, fuck it, I'll try and play guitar and try and do something with yeah. my life. Uh, but So where did you grow up? Literally in the ass end of nowhere. So it's like really beautiful little village in um, like, I don't know, like half hour drive out of Cheltenham. So like, okay, still Southwest ends, but like, yeah, very, very in the middle of nowhere. It was like a, it was a really nice place to grow up, and very much surrounded by nature and like a very, very like wholesome like space. But it was, mm-hmm. I think, like a lot of like small villages and small towns in the UK that are in the middle of nowhere. It's you get to a certain age and you just get bored so you just find trouble or create trouble just anything mm-hmm. to kind of i don't know get out of that vibe i think because it's yeah, yeah, yeah i get you yeah man you. and it's so it's, it's a weird little com- not complex but like a very common thing i think in uk where that happens it's it's, it's almost like quite an isolated upbringing in one sense mm. but also very yeah. very free but it's it's like you do you hit you hit that certain age you're like right i need to get out of here because to do something yeah man, basically. yeah um 
but but yeah, it's yeah, definitely so, a nice what, place to go back to. But what what was your first experience with the music or the scene? Do you remember the first drum and bass track you've heard? For me, it's in that list as well later, but it's the first tune, like, I don't know what it is, but for me, I have no memories of being like a kid. <laughs> They are all gone. <laughs> like, anything mm -hmm. from 10, like, under, I just can't remember. And... Yeah. <laughs> but the one thing I do remember is a couple jungle tunes that are about, and there's that, like, vocal hook in Burning by Crust. Just the... Mm -hmm. And that somehow resonated with me and just stuck with me throughout kind of growing up, I think. And that was that one thing that really stuck with me was hearing kind of OG breaks. And yeah, yeah it's an 808. <laughs> yeah. about so, it. How did you begin in drum and bass? Were you a raver or did you roll into it in a different way? It was kind of, so, kind of a bit of both. Let me limp. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. It's really from like super young. I've always been pretty involved in like the kind of free party scene and more like illegal raves, that kind of thing. And mm. from about the age of like 13, 14, was getting involved in that and just up and about and just finding fields and finding big rigs and sound systems and just yeah feeling kind of rolling with that for quite a bit and and then it was around the same time that as like that was all going on I was getting into a lot of like punk music metal music and yeah. was kind of drifting away from like rave music I think and more like rave culture it was like It was definitely like a time where there was, it was like rough. It started getting quite rough around that, like the free party scene. There was a lot of, a lot of drugs, a lot of kind of like violence going on. Yeah. Depending on where you were. Like there were some teams that were totally sound, but mm -hmm. it was kind of, kind of nice to get away from that, I think, and focus on something a bit different. And that was when I started getting into more kind of live bass music. And mm -hmm. that's when like the guitar stuff started happening and started rolling with that and yeah, just started playing with bands, I suppose, and never doing anything that was worth listening to. It was all like horse shit, but it was like it was all good fun. <laughs> and I mean as as long as you're having fun, that's what matters, right? Yeah, man, for sure. And I think that was kind of where the thought of actually like pursuing making music come like came from because I was getting I can be quite like prickly when it comes to like working in, in groups I suppose and like being in a band and I was just getting frustrated with just people and I was like right yeah I can't be asked of this anymore I'm gonna try and just do my own thing and see how I can go about like making like metal and punk like, on my own <laughs> and yeah that's kind of what led to production I think was just getting fed up with people and being like right I'm gonna do this on my own and see what happens kind of thing and 
that's what led into learning how to produce, I think, was for that reason. And yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting turn. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, how did, how did you get back to drum and bass then? I mean, you heard some drum and bass when you were younger and then you went to punk and, and making live music mm. with the guitar and such. How did you roll back into drum and bass? Do you remember that or not? Dude, that's the thing that I fully do remember it as well. And it's it's kind of, it's such a weird one because it was, again, it's it's in the the top 10 tracks. It's in that list. It's, it's fucking mm. um, City Life by Logistics. Okay. It, it'd been like a good, like, like, after I kind of stepped away from like free parties and raves and bit, uh, it was kind of still super young as well. Still like, must have been 17, I think. Mm. But it's like a lot happened real quick. So it's quite a, quite a jarring couple of years. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, I remember hearing, shit, I can't remember where I was or what I was doing or how it even happened because it was like, I was so far removed from like electronic music. I think, ah, oh, what it was, it was around the time when dubstep was like really kicking off in the mainstream. Yeah. And there was a weird like crossover between dubstep and metal. And there was a lot of that going on. And I think that was kind of what kind of sparked a little interest in like, oh, what's going on on this electronic side of things? And I think that kind of somehow led to City Life by Logistics. And hearing... Just ignited a spark in you. Yeah, basically. And yeah. It was kind of, it was the first time I'd ever heard like um, melodic drum and bass, I think. Like yeah. hearing keys with a like a super simple B line and just a, some rolling drums, and I was like, "Oh, it can be." Did, did you start out making liquid tunes as well, or not? Yeah, fully. That was it. Was after that, I was like, "Right, let's try and take what I can do with live instruments and like flip this into like um, electronic stuff." And a lot of it started more. I like 140 and slower tempos and then built up again to drum and bass and then yeah that kind of reignited everything and from there it was kind of just non-stop <laughs> and I think nice. that led into like my first like release I think under like Monroe and that properly but yeah yeah it's quite a do you remember your first release yeah, man. Shit, what was it? <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> what? Yeah, what was it? I think it was Eventide. It, Let's see. It came out and like... Yeah, like, it was. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think it was like 2015? 14, 20... it says here. Oh, my God. End of 2014, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Liquid Tones. Yeah, man. Yeah. That was it. That was the one. And it has like the basis sample in it as well. And I don't know how it still hasn't got caught. <laughs> it's such a fucking bad. It's a good sample, but it's so bait. So I don't know how that hasn't been pulled. Uh, but still, it uh, was the uh, catalyst for uh, a whole lot more, man. Yeah, man, fully. And yeah. Yeah, uh, so um, talking, talking about releases, um, mm. Ikebana has just dropped. 
yeah. not too long ago. <laughs> um, this is a banging release, man. Hey. Honestly, Thank lots you, of variation. How has it been received? Yeah, man. I think all right. I hope. <laughs> I don't know. I've been, try- I've been trying to like. I've been so like swept up in like. I think doing shows and stuff. I've been trying to kind of not focus too much on how well it's doing and just kind of let it be kind of thing I suppose and yeah yeah but it seems to be doing alright from what I can tell like stuff that's going on like playing at shows and stuff it seems to be kind of doing what I was hoping it would do and I went into writing it with the focus on being much more based for like the dance floor rather than like listening or yeah anything like that and yeah it's been it's been interesting how to see how it's translated from the studio to the dance floor kind of thing and and yeah especially stuff like sabaki and the blind side like the 140 tune it's like it's seeing something that I've always wanted to make but never yeah. felt like I've had the like, opportunity to do it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And see it kind of go down well has been, I don't know, been really like, like wholesome in a weird way for yeah. me. <laughs> um, so so did, this, did this release come together easily or did you have to put a lot of time and effort into it? I think it was a bit of both, man. Like, there was, I think we've, what were we on? There was Harsh Reality that we was, I think that's that's been about for a good couple years. It was like a similar story to like Out of Time. It's one of those tunes I had for mixing. Yeah. And just for sets and never really thought too much about it. And there's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a reason there was never a vocal on it. And I think that, it's a cheeky little it's not a sample but it's basically just a chopped up version of something that I don't want to name them in case they're not allowed to for you basically have it out there but it was um, a really good friend a really good vocalist who did a really mad top line for it and mm-hmm. I was like I don't think I can use that top line. That's a bit recognizable. And <laughs> <laughs> she was like, okay, let me pitch it up and I'll re-record it. And then you can pitch it down and it won't sound like me. And I was like, okay, let's do that. <laughs> cool. And that's, that's the way around it. A good technique, yeah. Yeah, man. And yeah. it kind of added what that track was missing, I think. And yeah, right. That's kind of, that thing that started off kind of process of thinking right what can I build from here kind of thing yeah 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 but uh, I see that the the release has uh, quite a few Japanese influences why is it called Ikebana <laughs> so it was trying to when trying to like come up with like the name of it and like the concept of the whole thing it was very much trying mm-hmm. to trying to make like a piece of like more art than music do you know what I mean trying to bring it all together as like a whole package like as pretentious as that sounds it was 
trying to make something that can like visually have quite a recognizable aesthetic but yeah carry on throughout the whole release i suppose and can eventually lead to like visuals and all this kind of stuff and is the the concept kind of came first before the actual tunes and it was i mean ikebana's got to do with flower arranging as well right yeah man so it's a from my understanding of it (laughs) we found from my very like um uneducated japanese or uk understanding of it it's Mm. a form of japanese uh florist floral arrangement which is yeah very reliant on like three peak aspects of it and it's compared to like traditional like flower arranging or floristry in the uk or like Mm -hmm. western like um floristry it's very much more based in like minimalism yeah and working with what you've got and making each element count and stand out kind of thing rather than chucking a ton of stuff together and making it kind of look pretty it's 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 a really like beautiful <laughs> like um form of art i think and yeah and it was trying to link something that was personal to me and bring that over into music but not in a super obvious way i think and yeah and being i like it thank you man i appreciate that because it yeah. yeah it was it took a lot of a lot of thought and a lot of kind of back and forth with like michelle my uh <laughs> she would hate it if i said it but Kara, but yeah <laughs> Love you, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) All love to Michelle, man. And yeah, there's a lot of back and forth going there, trying to figure out what we can do with this kind of thing. And yeah. And yeah, man, ended up. That brings a nice extra layer to the the whole release, the name. Yeah. I I like like that. Yeah. Thank you. Would you say you found your sound? I think now, yeah. yeah. With this EP. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, I think it's definitely taken a couple of years because going back, I've always, there's always been like a, a slight disconnect between what I make and put out between what I play as well. And yeah, I've always played a lot heavier and leaned mm. more into like more minimal and tech side of it rather and jungle yeah. rather than playing straight liquid or anything like that which I was more kind of known for and mm-hmm. I think this EP was kind of my chance to be like right I need to bring all these elements together into one and yeah it's, it's trying trying almost it, it was getting to the point where I was almost feeling like I was getting like typecast as like a liquid artist and I was trying to get away from that and it's yeah. it's not that like I love liquid as a whole but it's I don't know I I love like the whole spectrum and it's it's more wanting to do everything rather than getting pigeonholed to do one thing yeah and I mean it, sh- it shows in your sets as well that you love the whole spectrum of drum and bass yeah thank you man I appreciate that mm. and yeah, it's definitely like um, 
it's it's been like a bit of a journey trying to figure that out because it's I was getting booked quite a lot a couple of years back for expecting to rock up and do like a liquid set and I'd be playing a couple of liquid tunes just playing the whole spectrum and then I'd come off and a lot of people would be like oh I didn't expect you to play all that and I'm like oh well, that's me <laughs> yeah it's just like I was just doing what yeah. I want to play and wasn't yeah it was it was a weird kind of feeling and, and yeah it used to happen quite a bit and it's definitely like started to the more I've started to kind of work in the scene the more that's starting to like um perceptions start to change do you know what I mean and yeah I think like this EP as a whole was my my like way of not as like a statement piece but as a way of being like right I think I found my sound here it is mm-hmm. hopefully you like it <laughs> and if yeah. not <laughs> I will probably cry but I'll be right <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I get that so what's next for Monroe can we expect an album from you in the future oh man <laughs> No pressure whatsoever. I know. I was just wondering. I was just wondering. (laughs) One day, we'll get there. We'll get there. Slowly but surely. Yeah, because I think that's that's kind of part of what, like, um, Ikebana was all part of as well. It was, it's a big EP. It's like six tracks. It's, Mm -hmm. It's almost getting to the point where it's like a mini LP. And I think... Like if I'm going into doing a project, like an album, it's I want to go in with the mindset of doing something that is like just art. Do you know what I mean? Something that isn't just a load of tunes chucked together to make an album. It's yeah. like making a coherent piece that is a reflection of what I want to do and what mm-hmm. I think musically represents me, I think. And... Like, I think I'm almost there, but it's just, I'm just lazy as fuck at the same time. <laughs> and it's going to take me, like, a good amount of time and a kick at the ass to be like, right, here's the time kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think next year, aim for good. Some more kind of EPs leaning into harder stuff, I think, and more Jungle Sounds and 140. And then come back in a year something and try and nail down that album and hopefully do something special with it and yeah I don't know I sound like a bit of a wanker when I'm talking about like artistic (laughs) vision and shit I think it always comes across with pretentious It's 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 unique to everyone, right? So to each producer, it's different. Yeah, and man. you just got to trust the process, you know. You can't yeah, force it. For sure, man. For sure. Um, I think that's yeah. I do get in my head about that sometimes. I think is just being like, I should be doing this or should be doing that, and I think I do always need that little, I don't know, a little bit of comfort from someone just being like, Nah, just do you. You'll be fine, kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's true though. I mean, it reflects in the amount of shows you get, right? Yeah. You're doing something right. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think that's for Shell more than me. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. 
but it's you who's making the music right she's just selling your music to people nah dude shell's making the music trust i'm the face <laughs> i'm the friend bro <laughs> <laughs> she's doing it all man <laughs> all right cool man um so for this podcast mm. um i've asked you to gather 10 tracks that have been influential and or inspirational to you mm. or that you just really like um <laughs> for our listeners uh we'll show you a short snippet of each tune so you can get a feeling of what you, what kind of track it is and then we will elaborate on said tune um are you ready like yeah man hit, hit me away cool so yeah, this this first track um, is called Disorder by Joy Division. It's a classic English rock tune. What does this track mean to you? So, I know it's a bit of a bit of a weird choice because a lot of this list is not drum and bass <laughs> at all. Uh-huh. And that's what we like, mate. Yeah, man, genuinely, like, it's it's a weird thing. You speak to a lot of producers, and most producers are like, I don't listen to drum and bass anymore. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's it's an interesting thing, but mm-hmm. for me, that the whole Unknown Pleasures album that um, Disorders On is it's kind of like my one of my all-time favourite albums. And it's... Okay. It's such a... For me, like on a technical level, it's there's so much going on on the whole album that's so ahead of its time. Um, yeah. And what they're doing with it and the era it was in, it was I think it was released in like set uh, like bang on seventies, I think like nineteen seventy or nineteen sixty nine, maybe. And yeah, it still holds up now. You listen to it and it's. Oh, it might be 79 actually it was released. It's 79, yeah. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, on a technical level, mad album. And the whole album itself is really it's like hauntingly very kind of very dark and very very moody and if you kind of know the story behind Joy Division and stuff, it it all kind of makes sense. And mm. as a whole as well, I think that album is a massive influence on my kind of sound of being, yeah. especially like my more recent stuff, it's somewhere between melancholic and just dark thematically, I think. And yeah. But without being like like sad, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's that weird place and disorder itself, the tune. It the it's got such a beautiful bass line in it, and it's it doesn't make any sense as as a bass line because it's <laughs> it's more of a lead line. It's like normally bass lines we're just looking at like root notes in it or like a bit of flourishes but it's basically playing a lead line and it's yeah it's special man and it just works yeah it just works and I think it's the lyrics as well and what's going on thematically in the tune is is really really dark and it resonates with me so much on like a personal Mm -hmm. level it's 
So from what I what from what I can remember, it's it's almost lyrically like a cry for help. Cause um yeah. Ian Curtis, the singer, at the time was going through like an early stage of, of like epilepsy. And yeah. during kind of seventies and the kind of era this was about is kind of mm-hmm. quite unknown what was going on with like epilepsy and kind of men- mental health or any kind of disorder like that kind of thing it's yeah 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 and the kind of the, the whole kind of song lyrically is very much talking about his fits and what happens to him during his episodes kind of thing and it's very much his expression and his take on what's going on and how he's out of control of it, I suppose, and no one yeah. around him really knew what was going on. And I think, yeah, there's something just raw about that and really human. Yeah, it's heavy, mate. Yeah, man, genuinely. And it's real music. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's, I think yeah. that's something for me with music that really hits is like something that's just human and something that really is just real you know what I mean yeah yeah powerful powerful tune for me yeah but is, uh, is that Warsaw EP released uh, influenced by uh, Joy Division or not <laughs> 100% that's what I thought yeah man <laughs> so it's um, it yeah. all makes sense now <laughs> and mate the fucking even the Icavana cover was based on that cover that was like the main influence of it like you look at the was it yeah like it was literally that was my reference point (laughs) it's like very much um up there for me amazing um amazing but yeah (laughs) sorry i probably rambled on that one a little bit no it's okay man it's it means a lot to you so uh yeah it makes sense that you want to talk about it right thank you man yeah um so this next track it's uh called lithium by uh, nirvana Uh, probably one of Kurt's most characteristic tracks, isn't it? Why did you pick this one? Yeah, big time. Um, this one's kind of same, same, same kind of thing as Disorder. Like, um, mm. thematically, very much to do with Kurt and his struggles with mental health and what was going on with him at the time, I suppose. And again, it's very raw, very human. But yeah. Where, where disorder was very much more kind of haunting and still upbeat, but quite droning in a in a way. Yeah. Lithium is very much more. It's just grunge, and it is. You've got this amazing guitar line, cut mm-hmm. vocals, and then it's just this amazing amazing dynamics between like the heavy chorus sections and the. Kind of more, more like um, strip, not strip back, but more, more <laughs> chill, 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 chilled. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah, like, um, verses and stuff. And for me, this kind of never mind as an album will always be iconic for me because it was. It's, 
I don't know if you, you ever had this, but it was like... It was the first album I can ever remember having enough money to buy. And I'll always kind of treasure that memory and being like, shit, I've bought my own music. I've got I've got my own taste, do you know what I mean now? And it's... Yeah. Yeah, I'll always hold that, I think. And That's great, man. Thanks. <laughs> it's got a special place in your heart, yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I don't know. Did you ever have anything like that? Like album-wise, where you're like, this is it? That was more compilations. Oh, shit. Different different artists, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's better, though. Get a flavor of everything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. I never really had one album that I actually physically bought on CD. Um, yeah, it was more compilations for me, I guess. Man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, dude. So, Makes sense. Yeah. This this next tune though. Um it's, it's a track by Porter's Head. And it's called Roads. It's a, a tune already from nineteen ninety four. Um they're from Bristol, right? Porter's Head. Yeah, man, or literally just outside from Porter's Head. <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's I always thought the same, and then I was like, wait a minute, there's Portishead. <laughs> so Did they named this down after the band or the other way around? <laughs> hey, no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> so this this, this is, um, if I recall correctly, it's trip-hop, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, man, very... Yeah, yeah it's kind of... In my eyes, it was kind of Portishead and Tricky that kind of mm-hmm. started this, oh, Massive Attack, that started this, the whole kind of trip-hop movement. Yeah. And, uh, they're all Bristol based and all that is very much like a Bristol sound of yeah. that era. And and yeah, this Rhodes as a tune is just like stunning. Like just the the progression on it is amazing. And I'm pretty sure there was a remix of this years ago. Like a drum like a was it? drum and bass one and it was like a bootleg, but it was doing the rounds for a bit and it was it might have been the first time I heard it. Was from that boot. Okay. Yeah. But but yeah, I remember coming back to this tune and listening through that the whole dummy album, and it's it's so good what they're doing. And Rhodes is one where they kind of just lent more into almost like a ballad, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and let like um Beth Gibbons vocals just carry the tune and do something so special with it man and and yeah for me that's it is that combination between the the chords and the vocals and and uh yeah just that kind of laid stripped back kind of hip hop beat and yeah it just does something that's something for me, I think. <laughs> That's great, man. Yeah, it's a good tune. The whole, bal- the whole album is great. Yeah, man. Actually. Fucking banging, man. Like, genuinely. Yeah. Always, always into it. <laughs> yeah. So so this next one uh, you picked, uh, it's a track by uh, the legendary Prodigy. Mm. Uh, it's called Everybody in the Place, and then 155 and Rising. <laughs> um, goes a little like this. No, that's some ravey stuff. 
um, <laughs> out of all the Prodigy tech tracks to choose from, why did you pick this one? Dude, so this, it was like, it was that early album experience, right? Yeah, like the um, first one, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. they might have had like a real small EP before, but this was like a big mm. album. And for me, this was like one of those albums that was kind of always going around like when I was at home, like as a kid kind of thing. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about this tune, but it was always this tune. I was like, oh shit, yeah. That's a, that's mm. a vibe. I feel that. And yeah. There, there is, there's a few different versions of it. And there's something about like the way there's like the rave stabs in this one and the, the way they've cut the brakes in it. And it's, yeah. I think for me this is it's probably one of those tunes that started off the kind of like chain reaction of being like a bridging point to jungle you know what I mean and yeah as it kind of was for the the scene I suppose before jungle was jungle and it was like hardcore and breaks kind of thing before it went into kind of jungle and I think for me it was that more than anything it was just remembering that that tune and yeah I don't know it's for me it's if I listen to it now it will kind of take me back to that place of being like a bright eyed little kid being like oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of things but yeah yeah good yeah. fucking good tune though man I mean yeah uh, the whole album is sick. Yeah, <laughs> still goes off. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a timeless release, really. And it? it's still yeah. like it's got um that other tune on it, isn't it? Oh my god, how am I not remembering the name of that? <laughs> Let's see. I uh, out of space, of course. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, man. And that's, yeah, it's that's good like stuff. Like... <laughs> yeah. So for the next one. Mm. You uh, selected this uh, this remix by DJ Chesto. <laughs> uh, it's a tune called Silence by Delirium. That's a very recognizable tune. <laughs> uh, cl- classic trance, really. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think every 90s kid will know this track. 100%. That was kind yeah. of... It's such an iconic like '90s tune, and mm. and yeah, it's, it's for me. It always blows my mind that it's Tiesto. I'm like, what? How did this? What happened here? <laughs> like, yeah, what happened to you, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you go to? Edit. Like, how can you make fucking probably one of the most like iconic trance tunes to do yeah. what he does now? It's like, like fair play to the guy, but yeah, it just yeah, he's still he's mind. still going. Yeah, man. Jesus. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good tune. It's a long track as well. Yeah, like eleven minutes on it. Yeah, <laughs> but I think for me that kind of makes it. It's the progression of that tune, man. And it, when you listen to it, it doesn't feel like eleven minutes. If you listen uh, to it in whole, it just happens, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's just yeah. yeah, it just it is just like one big build kind of until you get to that yeah. break where you get the vocals and those fucking saw pads coming in, and you're like that's what euphoria feels like in music and then it's like mm-hmm. I get why people do pills it makes sense um, yeah <laughs> I mean it, it embodies what trans actually really is yeah 100% 
And yeah. and that's it. And for me, I think this is one of those tunes that definitely inspired like a lot of more of like the liquid side of what I do, I think. And yeah. Taking that. I like the melodic stuff. Yeah, man. And like that, mm-hmm. the more trance elements and the way the vocals work in that track. And yeah, it was kind yeah. of. Yeah, just being like a 90s kid as well, it was one of those tunes that was always about, you just hear it and. Yeah. So good. Yeah, so good. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> this next track is uh, one by Burial. It's called A Shell of Light. It, it comes off his album uh, Untrue. It's uh, like a garage type track. Mm. Why is this in your list? Oh, dude, I, I'd be, I think, committing like a cardinal sin if there wasn't a burial tune in this list somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and like Untrue, you could pick any any tune from that album and mm-hmm. you could be like, yeah, I get that kind of thing. But for me, Shadow Light is, is like one of those tunes where I first heard it and it just blew my mind, man. Like what he was doing, like that whole album is just, just fucking mind blowing, really. But um, yeah, the shadow light that really put me on to what you can really do with a sample, and yeah. like Burial being such a king with what he does with sample work is <laughs> just unreal. And it's again, mm-hmm. it's one of those tunes that progresses and progresses and then it it switches towards the like her probably like three quarters into it kind of thing and strips proper back down to kind of just some atmos and some pads and then you get this amazing vocal sample and it was around the time when I when I heard this tune it was around the time when I was getting into production a lot and I think this is how I discovered like who sampled. Do you know what I mean? It was like yeah, yeah, it was one yeah, of those yeah. moments. I was like, where the fuck has he got that vocal? And then you look at the sample, and it's like, I think it's like Ernie shit, Ernie someone, and it's mm-hmm. it's like a really like bait, like acoustic, um, just like an acoustic track with just like a vocal and a guitar, and it's like a standard kind of like love song kind of thing and like you'd hear in the chats and yeah he just took this vocal that's so simple and just done something so kind of out there with it and yeah that kind of vocal work as well influenced what I do a lot with vocals and samples and sampling itself and kind of yeah started that whole journey I suppose of that side of working in music yeah yeah man great stuff yeah that whole album is just fundamental to a lot of electronic music yeah fully man that's being made nowadays it's uh, it's it's really good mm. it's uh, one of the better albums I've, uh, I've listened to in my life yeah man definitely yeah. it's up there man like yeah dude need more burial man <laughs> mm-hmm. You can never have enough burial, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> honestly, man. Honestly, one of them things, isn't it? This this next track, though, um, mm. 
comes from 1994. Uh, it's a, a track called Burning by Crust, the legendary Crust, and it goes a little bit like this. Now that's some jungle. <laughs> some proper jungle, mate. <laughs> that's uh, it. Uh, yeah, well, in what way does this tune inspire you? Oh, mate, honestly, like... Again, this is one of those things where I think this is one of those really early jungle tunes I can remember. And it was mm -hmm. it's that like vocal like, vocal clip of just burning that's stuck with me. And, and the way he's done the break work and the fucking beeline and it all just... It's just like, if you could explain jungle in one track, I'd be like, yeah, there, here you go. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Yeah, man, and... Crust is a just a fucking don, and yeah, man. For me, it was. Can we hear some of this in uh, in Subaki or not? Hundred percent, man. Like definitely. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> like that flavor of um, like the drum cuts and all that, and the way he yeah. built all the breaks up. I, a lot of that kind of influence was influence was from like this and like that kind of era of jungle, and um, a lot of it. <laughs> A lot of that kind of drum work as well. You can hear a lot in like Sully's kind of work and yes, for sure. And in the more modern jungle stuff, and I think kind of combining those two elements and kind of doing my own thing with it without yeah. like a clean ripper, <laughs> basically. And yeah, okay, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Yeah, man. But yeah, yeah it's one of those tunes that. I'll always come back to as kind of a yeah that's uh that's inspired me for jungle great kind of thing. yeah so I, I think that brings us to the next track which is another one of your inspirations i can tell <laughs> uh it's a, it's a track by alex alex perez mm -hmm. uh of his album 1984 um it's called state 808 it goes a bit like this It's a classic, classic Alex track. <laughs> it's 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 subtle, but but it's got a rough edge. Yeah, man, hundred percent. And again, it's such like early Perez, and mm -hmm. like that that album is. I think that was the first time I heard that got me involved, like with listening to like what Shogun were doing, kind of thing as a label, um, and just like stay away, stay away. I think. Is one of those tunes that really shows what you can do with such little kind of elements going on and focusing on yeah. like minimalism. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it's literally just drums, bass, and like a little vocal sample in it, and it's mm -hmm. but it's so powerful still to this day. And it's but and, and that's the thing you could probably pick like any Prez tune and be like, yeah, there's <laughs> definitely some inspiration there, but. I was trying to think more of what kind of inspired me to take more like a minimalistic route to production and and I think again going back to mixing and what I was what I was mixing when I first started and what makes mixing now and it's still this kind of sound and a lot of that just rolling like what a roller should be, do you know what I mean? Just yeah, 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 for sure. Just rolling. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> 
what he does best. Yeah, man. King. Genuinely. Yeah, definitely. Um, this next track, it's uh, City Life by Logistics. So, yeah, I love me a bit of Logistics. <laughs> uh, would you say this is your favorite track of his? Yeah, man. Big time. Big time. And yeah, I think we, we touched on this earlier, but yeah, it was, um, again, that I don't know where that sample's from of the chord like, progression in it, but it, it's wicked, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I've tried looking for it or what, but it's so good. Yeah, yeah, he's one of my favorite producers. He's got a special place in my heart. So Matt, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Double that, man. Double that. <laughs> Mate, what, what about you, though? What about, we're talking logistics, what uh, what tune does it for you? Oof. Um, I have to think about this. <laughs> I, mean, I, I could go for it together, which is way up there for yeah, me. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah. If I were to go for a deeper cut, Toy Town is pretty good. Oh shit! Yeah, man. I heard that in a while. <laughs> Yo, it's <laughs> an older one of his, Push definitely. Out. Yeah, man. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, man. It's logistics is good, man. Any. Um. Yeah, oh, man. So onto the last track you've chosen. Mm. Um, it's this track called "Beyond the Bounds" by Halogenics. Goes a bit like this. makes this tune so special for you oh dude honestly i think this tune uh, uh, i think is kind of the like go-to aim anytime i'm like working on a deeper tune like more melodic a little bit kind of leaning into liquid is this is kind of the ref like the reference for it no matter what and like like halogenics man He's another one that just doesn't miss. He's just so good. And Beyond the Bands is just, I don't know, iconic to me. And mm. it was, it's kind of one of those tunes that will always be in a set, no matter what I do. It's kind of, it'll be in there at some point. And it's a great track, man. Oh, it's, it's, it's dripping in soulfulness. Yeah, man. Hundred percent. But then it's still got like the deeper edge to it. And, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of has that perfect balance and it's and again it's like the fucking vocal sample in it. It's like um mm -hmm. so good. And it's it's Frank Ocean, right? I think so, yeah. And it's it just it's so good. It's it will always kind of remain such like a standout like um, drum and bass track for me, do you know what I mean? And will always be like a heavy influence. And yeah, man, shouts, shouts to Lawrence, man, always. Such a king. Nice, yeah. So that brings us to the end of this this list. Um, honestly, all these tunes are top tier. Was it hard for you to compile this uh, this list? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are a million more tracks that you could have, that could have been on this list. Yeah, man, 100%. I was trying to, <laughs> especially with the drum and bass stuff, I was like really trying to fucking narrow it down of like what kind of is like led into my kind of sound, I think. And yeah, 
Yeah, it, it was hard. I knew that'd be a Joy Division tune and I knew that'd be like a Nirvana tune and like a Prez tune, but mm-hmm. yeah, man. It's good fun though. Yeah. It's good fun like going back and yeah. kind of real think about it and what, what kind of has influenced me like on a musical level, I think, and what really hits on like a like a personal level as well and it's yeah it was, it was generally like quite a really fun thing to do so thank you for like getting me to do it okay. <laughs> no, thank thank you so much for sharing man it's a lovely eclectic selection I think it really reflects you as a as a person and DJ slash producer right, thank you man I appreciate yeah. that that's yeah. really kind of what ended up happening I, so I was putting it together I was like oh fuck yeah that is um <laughs> Probably. Yeah. That's Eli, all right. Yeah. <laughs> just a bit sad, not quite sure what to do. Just <laughs> a bit all over the place. So yeah, this this brings us closer to the end of the podcast. And for each guest, we have the same question to wrap things up. So envision this, okay? You get the chance to make one final album. And for this, you can invite everyone you would like to have on. Uh, these can, these people can be both dead or alive. Uh, think idols, pupils, vocalists, drummers, etc. Who would you invite and why? And lastly, what would you name this supergroup? <laughs> this is such a fucking hard question. I know. <laughs> There's no limit to how many people you want to have on. So just start naming people. Dude, I think, right, I would just get the original members of the Sugar Babes together. And let them do okay. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> no, fuck <laughs> that. <laughs> that would be sick. But... <laughs> oh man, I. Oh, dude. Honestly, don't I know, know it's hard. For <laughs> <laughs> like, me, my head's at, like um, trying to bring back any kind of like. Um, but you gotta have Beth Gibbons in it. Beth Gibbons gotta be in there somewhere. Of course, hundred percent. But it's like it's it's such a like for me my head instantly goes to who can I bring back alive? <laughs> sure, mate. Uh, Kurt Cobain. Easily, Kurt's up there. Ian Curtis is up there, and it's like you got Hendrix in there somewhere doing something. <laughs> you probably got oh, dude, just Amy Winehouse. You could chuck in there, let her do her thing. It's honestly, there's so much you could do with it. Um, mm-hmm. I know that's why it's such a fun question <laughs> it's, it's so fun but so hard <laughs> like I think yeah definitely bring a lot of dead idols back together mm-hmm. and try and make a really moody post-punk album with cool. a load of people that shouldn't work in this kind of genre at all and any drum and bass names that you want to get in involved hey we could do a remix album we could do okay. two we could do two bring it all together yeah why not <laughs> there's no limits <laughs> anything you'd like mate you oh, can put dude. it in you know there's got to be a prize and halogenics in there somewhere for sure get Sully in there get a Sully remix okay <laughs> for sure man oh dude my head's like so, thinking of a million. What, what would you, what would you name this group? <laughs> Christ, 
What? Can be anything. You gonna name it Christ? No, no, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I genuinely don't know what I'd call him. Cause like one part of me is like, what's the funniest thing I could call a load of dead people? Or <laughs> what's what's a genuine serious name? But mm-hmm. oh man, <laughs> so hard. I know, I know. Yeah, we can we can we can touch base on that later, maybe after the recording. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks for this uh, this super group. Um, lastly, so we're, we're we're inching closer closer to the end. Um, tell us, do you have anything that you'd like to plug to our listeners? Um, this could be anything that you've got going on at the moment. Where can our listeners find you? What do you have coming up? Uh, Patreon, socials, anything. You name it. Um, shit. <laughs> I am not good at plugging stuff. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'd say if anyone anyone wants to do, like do me a massive favor, just go listen to the EP yeah. and let me know what you think about it. I think that's that would be wicked. Um, definitely check out the created by events coming up. They've got some wicked nights coming up. Um, see what's going on. Um, Where can people find you on socials? Social wise, the best place is probably Instagram. But cool, I'm one of these people that's pretty fucking useless with socials these days. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I'm not the best at plugging, I'll be honest. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, mate. I mean, people people are listening this podcast for you, so they know how to find you for sure. Um, <laughs> Thanks. But yeah, that brings us to the end, mate. Thank uh, you so much for your time. Nah, man, thank you. It's been a fucking pleasure, man. It, it's been a pleasure, but it's been way too long since we last talked as well. Oh, no, so dude. We need it's a, been good catching up. Proper link, man. Like, next yeah. time, <laughs> next time you're over here, you need to let me know and... Cool. Likewise, man. And I'll yeah. just give you a proper smooth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this has been a curated by podcast number 15. Um, we are very much looking forward to welcoming you, Eli, at the Shogun Audio Label Night on December 9 at the Melkweg in Amsterdam, uh, where you will be sharing the stage with some incredible talent by the, uh, by the likes of uh, Galaxy and Charlie Bricks, amongst others. Um, my name is Martin, and uh, we will see you in the next episode. Peace. Peace. You're tuned in to the Curated by Podcasts.